On the show today, we're going to discuss the 2023 Southern Baptist Convention and a resolution they passed. We'll also briefly discuss the Rick Warren fiasco and a great story to hear from the Presbyterian Church of America. We think we have a good show, so let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello. And we are very grateful that you're joining us today. Um, If you're new here, don't let the name fool you. We are Christian folk. We are religious folks, uh, but the world, and especially this country that we're in, is not. It seems to be getting more secular, more religionless, you could say, um, day by day. So that, at least in part, is where the name comes from, and we're going to try to do today what we always try to do on Saturdays, and that's help Christians figure out how to live in this increasingly secular and religionless world and keep our eyes fixed on Christ through it all. So that's what we're going to try to do today. Um, We really only have the one main story that we're going to discuss from the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, So that's going to take up the bulk of our show. Um, But like she said, we do want to touch on Rick Warren because I feel like we have to. We've talked about him Mm -hmm. enough times. Uh, We probably should at least discuss what happened last week. And then also uh, the Presbyterian Church. Good news story coming out of there. So before we get to all of those stories, though, is there anything you'd like to say? Prayer requests? Praise reports, anything of that sort? Um, I did not have anything planned to say. I'm sure I have lots of prayer requests, but not anything. I mean, there's always ongoing prayer requests. Just keep praying for all the things I've asked prayer for. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to pull something up here because I had a prayer request. Um, so first thing uh, that I wanted to ask prayer for is for my brother. If you would consider lifting up my brother and his wife, their names are Dane and Kizzy, and they just about finalizing the adoption process of their first two kids. So they are first-time parents at the age of 40. Uh, They've been trying to adopt for a while now. They finally have two kids, a brother and a sister, that they look like everything's being finalized for them to complete the adoption process. And, you know, so just... Pray for them, all the the stuff that comes along with being a parent, but also being an adopt or a parent of adopted children. And these children, uh, it's a brother and sister pair, and they the brother is six and the sister is four, and they've been in eleven foster homes in the first you know four and six years of their life, uh, which can be pretty rough. But I would say it's a gigantic blessing from God. Uh, they went through a lot of struggle, but. Like us all, you know, the suffering and the the turbulation, um, God can turn it to good. And um, these kids are blessed. They landed in the perfect home. Um, All the 11 previous homes led to this, and um, that is a grace from God for these children. So just pray for them. Uh, I'm sure they would appreciate it. And then the second prayer request that I have, uh, I have a, I think he's a second cousin. I don't know how you calculate second cousins, third cousins. His grandpa is my uncle, so whatever that means. Um, But his name is Casey, and I think in 2011, so 12 12 years ago now, 2011, his girlfriend at the time was murdered, 
Um, he was found guilty of first degree murder in that crime in 2016. Um, he was found guilty and he was given life in prison without parole. Um, I think he was 19 at the time when he was found guilty. And so 2016, I think he got life in prison without parole. But then in 2018, the case was basically thrown out and he was released uh, on house arrest until they could get a new trial. Um, whatever happened during the the trial process wasn't, uh, I guess, didn't meet whatever criteria it needs to meet or it wasn't, what I don't know what happened. I'm not that well briefed on the case, but it's going back to trial, it sounds like, fairly soon. So he's been out since 2018, roughly on house arrest for many years now, and um, it's going back to court. So I would just pray or ask you guys to pray first and foremost um, for the family of the girl um, because she's still dead and mm -hmm. there's still a family who doesn't get their daughter anymore. And I'm sure every time this case is brought up, uh, mm -hmm. it's, you know, ripping the scab off again. And her name was Andrea Elber, I believe uh, is her name. I could be mispronouncing that. So pray for the family of Andrea Elber, you know, through this difficult time. Uh, and then also pray for my family, you know, um, because the same thing just at a lesser degree because their son is still alive. But every time this, you know, gets brought up, rehashed, it's ripping off the scab again. Um, and this, I know, has caused a lot of turmoil and, you know, distress in our family. And then lastly, pray for Casey. Um, you know, I don't know if he's guilty of it or not. I'm not, you know, uh, up to, to speed on the details of the, the case. But I just ask that you would pray that, you know, fair justice would be dealt out. If he's guilty, then he's guilty. But if he's not, um, that he would be found innocent. Um, so just lift up Casey, my family, and Andrea Elber's family in your mm -hmm. prayers as well, please. Pretty horrific incident there. Um, a lot of prayer is needed. So, um, oh, and last prayer request, selfishly, I just got my violin. I ordered a cheap violin because I want to learn to play the violin. And after I got it out of the box, and because it's a cheap Amazon violin that I want to make sure I enjoy it and I can actually learn how to play a note on it before I spend hundreds of dollars on a real violin, um, just pray for peace um, and patience there with me. So that's all we got for prayer requests. Let's get our plugs out of the way here. And I saw this headline recently. Hundreds of Nigerian Christians killed in recent attacks. Um, and you guys know we discuss these sorts of things um, whenever we see them pop up. Because churches send missionaries around the world into these same types of environments. Nigeria, you know, the Horn of Africa, and all these dangerous places. Um, and these stories aren't terribly uncommon. We see this a lot. Christian persecution is alive and well all around the world. But that doesn't mean we should stop going around the world to share the gospel. That's what we're called to do. Um, but you don't have to go in unprepared because the gospel still needs to be shared in Nigeria, even as dangerous as it is. Um, so you can prepare yourself with Cardinal Contingency Solutions. They have their travel risk management um, where they can sit down and they can detail what you're getting yourself into, what type of threats are in the, you know, in the area, but also what type of assets are in the area. How do you deal with 
you know, hostile actors um, that simply don't like you because you're a Christian, right? Cardinal can prepare you for all of this. So if you're a church, you send missionary, uh, missionaries out, or if you're a missionary that's about to go out, consider reaching out to Cardinal and email a phone call, see what they can do for you. They're the best in the world at what they do. And this training is what they were, <laughs> they were trained to train. Um, this is what they do. So uh, just consider reaching out to Cardinal. I don't think you'll be disappointed with what you get back from them. You don't got to go in with just your Bible and a, a hope and a prayer. You can actually be prepared before you step foot out the door. So it's wise, very wise. And then also, you guys know that we are proud members of the Christian podcast community, <clears throat> a great place to go find about 50 to 60 good Christian podcasts. Um, we're on there. Uh, if you want to go and hear the um, the undefendable defended post-millennialism. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, if there's any post-millennials out there, just kidding. Um, but things like that, you know, doctrinal, theological things, but also, you know, wrestling with difficult issues uh, on here. A lot of episodes this month about the LGBTQ issues, um, but then just some lighter stuff, you know, uh, movie reviews from a Christian perspective, all sorts of different podcasts on here. And I'm sure you would find one that you enjoy. And lastly, the shameless plug here. You know, we got to get out of the way. If you guys do want to help our show at all, uh, the easiest way you can do that is just by dropping a simple like, um, subscribing on whatever platform you're on, following if you're on the podcast, and leaving comments, leaving a nice review, all that sort of stuff definitely helps out, um, you know, us helps other people find us all those sorts of things we would be very much appreciative of that and if you want to go above and beyond earn yourself a gold star you can support the show directly we've got um affiliate links in the show notes and i think we have buy me a coffee in the show notes you know any you go online and use the affiliate link right you can buy yourself socks food it doesn't really make a difference um, we get a small percentage at no extra cost to you. And then buy me a coffee, just a simple way to help the show, you know, advertise, buy new equipment, whatever it happens to be, or just let us know you care. <laughs> That's always important too. So um, that is that. All right. I don't think we need the music this week. Um, nothing terribly horrifying, though we are discussing Rick Warren. Um, it's kind of repeat stuff. Some of the things we've kind of touched on before. Yeah. So we're going to forego the music this week. We'll just get into the news here. So you guys are not unaware that last week, uh, or maybe it was two weeks ago now, um, the Southern Baptist Convention held their annual you know, conference or 2023 conference. And um in that conference, Rick Warren and kind of his shenanigans, we would say, <laughs> really stole the headlines. Um, but there was actually more that went on in that convention than just dealing with Rick Warren and um, in that, uh, I guess, rehashing of what they've already made quite plain <laughs> 20 years ago in their Baptist faith and message, mm -hmm. um, in their sort of confessional statement. But they wanted to rehash it, I guess. So that's what they did. Um, but also, you know, that's just going to be a brief bit of what we talked about with this convention because um, the bulk of this is going to be focused on a resolution that they passed that I thought was very timely. 
and uh, something that we are very interested in. So before we get to that, we'll get to Rick Warren. So do you want to read this headline, honey? SBC upholds ousting of Saddleback Church over woman teaching pastor. Yep. And this was voted on um, overwhelmingly. Uh, the majority voted in favor of removing him, uh, or not him, but the church. Yeah. So do you want to read these first couple paragraphs here? The Southern Baptist Convention has upheld the removal of Saddleback Church from the den- from the denomination due to the California megachurch allowing a woman to serve in the office of teaching pastor. In results announced Wednesday morning at the SBC annual meeting in New Orleans, Saddleback's expulsion was upheld by 9,437 votes in 1,212 votes. Two 1,212 votes with 19 ballots disallowed. What does that mean, the disallowed ballots? I don't know. Maybe they had hanging chads and they uh, couldn't count them. I don't know why they would have been disallowed. But, um, yeah, so they took it to a vote. 88% voted in favor of removing Saddleback or upholding their removal. They had already been removed. So they were upholding their removal. And this was kind of despite Rick Warren's best efforts, um, even in the week leading up to the convention. Because if you follow uh, follow Rick Warren on Twitter... Uh, he kind of spent the whole week, what I would consider, kind of trying to embarrass the Southern Baptist Convention, just kind of tweeting out a storm of, you know, what the Southern Baptist Convention used to be and how they've gone away from all that and all this sort of stuff. Um, kind of trying to win that war of public opinion, if you will. <laughs> but then, you know, yeah. also in his efforts at the convention, he took it to the convention floor, right, and tried to make his arguments there. Uh, but you know, I think, like you says, overwhelmingly, the convention members, they decided to stand with Scripture. They decided to stand with their confessional statement, their Baptist faith and message um, statement, and they upheld the removal of Saddleback, as well as a few other churches. Uh, I think there was maybe four churches in total uh, that were removed, could be three or four, I'm not sure. So they removed um, a handful of churches, including Saddleback. And this is, for us, great news. Very happy to see this um, from the SBC. I mean, yeah, we need to do a lot of clearing out, weeding out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is yeah. definitely, in our opinion, a addition by subtraction type of maneuver here. And yeah. that was one of Rick Warren's major arguments, you know, and he's almost, you know, kind of chief of the uh, church growth equals church success movement. So his mm-hmm. big, you know, big argument most of the time was, the Southern Baptist Convention's lost 17 million members as they've gone down this road or whatever, and we need to turn back because they're losing members where you're, in our opinion, well, if you're losing members that don't adhere to Scripture, then are you really losing anything? Right. You know, you're right. purifying, right? Which Christians should be doing, yet we've lost sight of that in America's church. Hmm. Now, Nikki and I are not Southern Baptists. Um we don't belong to the Southern Baptist Convention. Our church doesn't belong to the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, but we're just a little shocked that the SBC actually had sort of the chutzpah to kind of <laughs> go through with this move. We didn't. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm surprised. Too. Shocked yeah. a little bit, you know, that they stood their ground here. Uh, because we discussed maybe a year ago, maybe less than a year ago now, how it kind of looked like the SBC was really getting 
uh, hammered. You know, when they had that report uh, last year about the uh, alleged sort of cover-ups of the sexual abuse that was going on in the SBC when that story yeah. broke. You know, they had new president coming in. People weren't really big on the new president. Bart Barber, I think is his name. And he actually got reelected, I believe. Um, so we kind of talked at that time that, yeah, you know, now mm -hmm. might be a good time if you're an SBC church that can stand on your own. Now might be a good time to start pulling back from the SBC because, you know, with all this legal trouble, you know, a lot of your sort of donation money is going to be going to legal fees to, you know, committees right. to, you know, make sure they're not sexually assaulting people and a lot less might be going towards actual missions work around the world. So, right. um, we, you know, and I probably still agree with that. You know, it's good to see this with the SBC, but I would still say if you're a church that can stand on your own, may not be the worst idea to see about, you know, pulling back. Definitely something to, yeah, consider. Yeah. So, you know, where this ultimately goes from here, who knows? Um, I'm not sure if this means that the Southern Baptist Convention is, you know, turning the clock back 100 years to some crazy conservative fundamentalist movement, or if they just stood the ground on this battle, but they may lose the war. I don't know. Because again, we're not Southern Baptist. Don't know. Um, yeah. But on this one issue... It's definitely great to see the SBC stand with the Bible. Well, I just think the discussion of um, just needs to be out there, their reasoning, because um, there's just so many now just defending women's rights to have men's roles in church. And I think it needs to be out in the open, discussed, and then no, it certainly know, all doesn't. the other it, churches to see. It does seem like a lot of churches are doing, I mean, the United Methodist Church is having like half their churches are breaking away over the LGBTQ issues and Southern Baptists now are kind of making a stand on sort of, I guess, I don't know, at least some form of orthodoxy here and traditionalism. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all great to see, addition by subtraction. I think the church growth equals church success has proven to be a gigantic failure oh, in America. Um, sixty-five percent of Christians in this or people in this country consider themselves Christians, yet we get more depraved and sinful each and every year. You're like, <laughs> how can that be, right? Yeah, we um, don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. Cleaning out the church membership there, I think, is a good thing. So um, but yeah, good job on the SBC. I probably yeah. thought they would have caved on this or at least just kind of swept it under the rug, you know. I guess they must have just had a lot of the churches contacting them. Like, I'm sure it was, I don't know. I don't know what they considered it. And maybe, maybe they are thinking about numbers and way, you know, the scale. Uh, well, and they had a lot of great, you know, people give up and or come up and give their, you know, opinions. You know, I, Albert Moeller's speech, mm -hmm. I guess, gained a lot of traction and his sort of rebuttal to Rick Warren. Um, yeah. So kudos SBC. I think that was great. Now, I do think it was a shame that this sort of what I would consider shenanigans mm -hmm. sort of stole the show from the SBC, because really this could have been a pretty simple process. I mean, they could have just asked a few questions, right? Like just ask the SBC if they still hold to their confessional statement. And the SBC would have been like, Yes, we hold to our confessional statement. We have not changed, yeah. You know, or maybe they would have said, well, hold on a second. Has the Bible changed since 
the 300 AD when it was finalized or whatever it was? Uh, no, it hasn't. Well, then we hold to our confessional statement, right? Unless scripture's changed, then we hold to it, right? Yeah, scripture um, always seems so rigid and extreme as we dilute the church with the world. It's That's just how it's going to be. We've just become so laid back and given to whatever the worldly people that come into the church, whatever they're they're offended about. Yeah, it's every it's new, just, like, made-up, oppressed group has to give the world a new lens to read Scripture through. Right, right. Hey, what about third-wave feminism? Can we read the Bible through the lens of third-wave feminism? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. why don't we try to see what the apostles meant and just go with that um, in their time, in their context? Let's just figure out that. Because um, that's not an easy process. Yeah, the church so. standing firm while the world gets darker, and even a lot of the churches getting darker. Like it's, it's a miracle we still have the churches we have today. It really is. Yeah, it's like almost it, like if you stood for what the Bible said, as the world got more wicked, you might see persecution something Christ promised would come our way. Like, yeah, we're yeah. glad for all this, but, but now it's like, yeah, as you put your foot down and you stand on Scripture, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll just see so what the future holds. <laughs> it's a shame that it took up this much of the sort of discussion around the SBC. Again, it could have been handled in two minutes. Do you hold to your statement of faith? Well, did the Bible change? No, it didn't. Then yes, we do. Let's, <laughs> next topic, right? Could have just... but. They did their due diligence. Maybe they're smarter than I am, and that's why they did it. Um, but one last point I want to make on the Rick Warren uh, appeal to sort of have the SBC cave on their scriptural adherence. Uh, I think what I saw, um, really, this is mostly the Twitter mob, which whatever you want to take that for. But I thought I saw some pretty low and really godless tactics on there. Um, that were kind of used by or used against the SBC, hmm. um, who by many I would presume would call themselves Christians, you know, because one of the major things that I saw, you know, in addition to Rick Warren, what I would say trying to embarrass them, um, try to win public opinion, um, one of the major things that I saw was kind of attacks on the SBC, and really it was the idea of a lot of people were saying like. Oh, well, you know, the SBC, rather than than really trying to fight against sexual abuse, uh, they'd rather just go and attack women more. And I had these four tweets that I pulled. All right. So I hope that you guys can see um, the tweet that we have up here. We'll read it just so you can hear it if you can't see it. But do you want to read this tweet here from a Sheila Gregory, I think? All right. She says, the SBC says they can't make a list of churches with credibly accused sexual offenders, but they can make a list of churches with women pastors. They think women preaching about Jesus is worse than sexually abusing a child. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, this is just one. We have four to go through, but they're all basically, you know, shoot the messenger, not the message, right? It's not that they're trying to fight for scriptural adherence. It's that well, they don't care about sexual abuse. They just want to be oppressive to women. Yeah, and I was just thinking how this kind of sounds like similar arguments um, pro-choice people make against pro-life. Like, well, if you really cared about children, you know, you would you would be adopting or you would be doing more if you really cared 
just kind of, it's the same tactic I see here. Yeah, it's not it's like, just, hey, you shouldn't kill your kid. They're like, well, do you foster anybody? Like, kind of two different things there, um, right? You know, so yeah, it's you're, like you you're can, bad because you don't do enough for the foster care system. Yeah, like, you have to fix this before you even, like, fight to save children's lives in the womb. <laughs> like, yeah, it's nonsense. So that's just one of the four tweets. Let's see what this second one has to say. If you guys can see it, it's on there. Yeah, if you want to read that, honey. This is by Mason Menenja. Okay, anyway. The SBC is under federal investigation for sexual abuse, but at least they don't have women pastors. Yeah, see? They're, <laughs> at least they're still maintaining that female oppression. Ugh. This one comes from Emily Snook. I'm going to be as succinct and clear as possible. An SBC, which cannot be in friendly cooperation with women who do not agree with them about their role, but can be in cooperation with men who harass those and many other women, is an abuse-enabling system culture, period. Yeah, they, they don't want to be in a you know, friendly relationship with people who ordain women, but they're more than comfortable than being in relationship with sexual abusers, is Emily Snook's takeaway. You want to read this last one here from Scott Cooley, Coley. SBC Theobros. Make a list of SBC churches with sex offenders on staff. Can't be done. Same Theobros. Make a color-coded list of SBC churches with female pastors on staff, including pictures and MapQuest directions. Thought you'd never ask. So this was kind of in response to, I guess, after this vote came out, somebody maybe... I don't know who it was, made lists of all the sort of SBC churches that had female pastors on staff. And people got super upset about it. And, oh, you're doxing these women. Oh. And they're like, oh, we went to public websites and pulled the information off. And yeah, um, they got pretty upset doxing. about it. But there you go. It's the same thing, right? Uh, you guys are more than comfortable with just letting sex abusers slide, but you're going to, you know, dox these women because they're pastors and stuff. And um as I was combing through these tweets, try, just trying to grab a handful of them that I could throw up on here, what struck me as odd is almost every single one of them that I saw was a presumably white, progressive Christian at best, white liberal, and most of them were white liberal females. Don't know why that is. Uh, white yeah. liberal females seem to be the bane of this society in 2023's America. Um, just... Something That's I noticed, funny. Um, <laughs> but you know, right. They're attacking the SPC because, uh, whatever they kicked women out. So rather than attacking the, you know, going to the Bible and trying to make their case, it's just, you guys stink because, um, you know, you're focused on women rather than cleaning up, which they are cleaning up, right? We talked about the lawsuits and the legalities and all the things they're going through and, it's almost like their point is, um, and this is why I think it's a very godless tactic here, because again, they're attacking them. And what they're trying to do is get them to bend and say, hey, you know, you guys have already sinned. So why don't you double down on that sin? You know, you yeah. already sinned with the sexual abuse stuff that had gone on, you know, years ago that you're trying to clean up. 
So since that went on, why don't you sin and go against scripture by allowing women to continue to preach? So what would their argument be if the whole sexual allegation thing hadn't come out first? What would be their argument? Oh, they'd probably just claim they're all racist. I mean, they've got layers and layers of these um, godless, satanic arguments, I'm sure. Um, but right, like, that's the idea. You you know, pervert scripture because you've done something wrong in the past. Instead of saying, you guys made a lot of errors, what you really need to do is get really strict on your scriptural adherence here. Mm-hmm. No, instead they're going, well, you were loose before, so be loose again. Um, very godless, um, right? So it's a shameful thing, and I'm glad to see that they had the spine, at least in this one instance, to yeah. stand and fight. And um, uh, yeah, I think if that's your mindset, you know, if that's you consider yourself a Christian and your mindset is, well, you sinned before, just sin again. Uh, no, that's the <laughs> that's the that wrong so mindset stupid. to have there. Yeah, just because you're not, yeah, you just can't say that to people just in any other situation. You didn't fix this in your life. So why are you trying to please God in this area of your life when you really messed up back there and haven't really, you know, repented from that or... Well, sure, you had sex with your girlfriend out of wedlock. Why don't you just get an abortion anyway? Like, well, no, I should make this right. Nah, nah, you've already screwed up. Just continue to screw up. No point in fixing it now. Boy, that doesn't sound like Christ when he says, go and sin no more. (laughs) You know, they would have told the adulterous woman to just keep on sleeping around. You've already slept around. You already got five husbands. Divorce him and get a sixth, right? Who cares? Pretty shameful thing to do there. So that's the Rick Warren stuff. I'm glad they stood. Shameful heat, distracted with all the stuff going on in the world. Trans in our kids, you know, places like Michigan and New Mexico, you know, trying to be the great bastion of hope for murdering children in the womb. And what are they worried about? Rehashing 20-year-old arguments that they've already settled from 2,000-year-old documents. Like... What a waste of time. So, but they did it. So that's great. ¿No se merece tu familia lo mejor? Entonces, ¿por qué no los mejores huevos? Ahora, Egglands Best están disponibles en deliciosas opciones. Huevos clásicos de gallina libre de jaula y orgánicos de Egglands, que ofrecen un sabor más delicioso y fresco de granja, que le encantará a tu familia. En comparación con los huevos ordinarios, Egglands Best contiene la mejor nutrición como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y el doble de omega 3 y B12. Solo Egglands Best. Mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. Visita egglandsbest.com. Para más información. For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. Um, But there was more that went on at the Southern Baptist Convention um, this year. And that's what we want to talk about, because one of them definitely caught my eye, uh, because we've been talking about it a lot recently. Do you want to read this headline, honey? Southern Baptist Convention makes official statement on dangers of AI. Yes, finally. (laughs) You want to read, uh, let me see, I got a couple paragraphs here. Yeah, right here. Okay. 
In the convention this year, the 2023 Resolutions Committee produced a very important resolution on artificial intelligence and emerging technologies, which was approved overwhelmingly by the voting messengers in attendance. Furthermore, it appears this resolution makes Southern Baptists the first religious denomination to make an official statement on the challenges of AI and present a theological and ethical grid for dealing with this complex issue. The Vatican is reportedly hard at work on the issue and plans to have a statement by autumn of this year. Boy, doesn't that (laughs) just get you excited? Aren't you just on the edge of your seat to see what the Vatican rolls out with? I mean, they seem like they're perfectly poised to push back against the dangers of AI and this whole theological drift that we've been seeing in our society around the world. So... I mean, and just from what they're dealing with now, we can have nothing but confidence um, for what they're going to stand for in the future. Do you want to read this article? Vatican document urges talks on welcoming LGBTQ people, women's role. (laughs) Yes. And then uh, what does it say? I wanted to read a couple of these paragraphs because they're not even close. Who is at the very Um, top? Yeah, right here. Roman Catholic bishops should discuss how the church can be more welcoming to LGBTQ plus people and divorcees, a Vatican document released on Tuesday said. They should also reflect on how to give women more decision-making power and allowing them to be ordained deacons, it said. The 50-page working document for a global sign-out of the bishops also proposes discussion on allowing married men to become priests in remote areas a possibility that Pope Francis put on hold following talks in a similar meeting in uh, 2019. It even appears to suggest that the church should be understanding towards those in polygamous relationships. Yeah, so don't you worry. (laughs) Pope Francis and the Roman Catholic Church, they are on the case of what to do with AI. And hey, maybe all these feminist women that are upset about the SBC, well, maybe you have a new home in the Roman Catholic Church now. And what is the deal with me? (laughs) You're allowed to get married as a priest in remote areas? Why? Yeah, that's really strange. I want to be a priest in Chicago, celibacy. I want to be a priest in Nome, Alaska. Get married, be polygamous. What does it matter to us, right? Like... What a weird stance. That's very strange. But, you know, hey, it's... uh, Maybe just so you're not so lonely. You just have... There's more people around. I don't know. I don't know. If you could tell me what Pope Francis is doing with the Roman Catholic Church, I'd love to hear it. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, sure, stand by and wait for what the Vatican has. All right. Um, But, yeah, the SBC um, voted on a resolution... um, for the or kind of dealing with the dangers of AI. I don't think it was, I don't know if it was a resolution. I don't know how the Southern Baptist Convention works necessarily. If they voted, if they just wrote it, I'm not sure what happened, but it exists now. So that's that. Uh, so what we wanted to do was kind of just look at the document. Um, because again, I think this is important. And like I said, they're the first denomination really to start addressing this head on. Um, yeah. and you know, Nikki and I, we did just discuss this, um, kind of calling on churches, and de- uh, denominations to 
start dealing with this AI topic before it catches up to us. And, you know, who knows, maybe the right. SBC, maybe they're listening to the Religionless Christianity podcast and taking to heart what we have to say. Oh, all right, that'd probably be a stretch. But um, we did, if you guys want to hear what we had to say, our episode just a couple of weeks ago on Neuralink is kind of when we were addressing this topic. And um, glad to see that they uh, it was on the SBC's mind as well. So in this document here, um, and again, there was more that went on at the convention than just Rick Warren. There was, you know, a number of these resolutions that were passed. I think there were six in total different resolutions here. Um, but this is the one we're concerned with, Resolution 3, on artificial intelligence and emerging technologies. So what we want to do is just kind of walk through. They got nine whereas statements and then seven resolved statements. So just read the whereas sta uh, statements, comment on them, the resolve statements, comment on them as we normally like to do. So do you, I'll read this first one here and then we can just go through it. So the first whereas statement, it says, whereas all technology, including powerful tools such as artificial intelligence, is created by human beings with the gifts and abilities that God has granted to us as the pinnacle of the created order and can be harnessed for human flourishing as we seek to love God and neighbor. And I'll be honest, when I first read this, I was like, yeah. Yikes, I don't know. I'm hoping it's stronger, you know, more definitive because the Tower of Babel <laughs> was built by human hands as well, right? So is yeah. mustard gas. The nuclear bomb was built by human hands. Um, all things are created by human hands. And as with everything created by human hands, right, it depends really on the human hands that are holding it. Um, because mm -hmm. nuclear power is great in the right hands. It provides clean, low-cost energy. Um, somebody should remind our government of that. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you put it in the wrong hands, uh, it becomes a dangerous and deadly weapon, right? The internet, right? It's given us the ability to share the gospel around the world, and it's so mm -hmm. great. Um, and it's also the platform that's currently spreading the social contagion of transgenderist ideology, um, you know, sex trafficking is thriving because of the internet, gambling, basically every sinful vice a lot because of, addiction. of the internet, right? Yeah. So sure, human hands um, created, harnessed by human flourishing, or it can just sink us further into human depravity. So what humans do, I mean, God creates things and they're good. And we're like, how can we use this to not glorify God? Yeah, like. As soon as the internet started, somebody figured out how to throw a nudie picture on there, and it was just ruined immediately. Um, do you want to read the next whereas statement? Whereas, although these tools are designed with distinct values and purposes in mind and shape us in subtle yet meaningful ways, including our understanding of God, humanity, and the world around us, we alone, as distinct moral agents created by God— bear the moral responsibility for their development and use. Yeah, so, I mean, agree somewhat here, right, um, with this statement. But I would say that the shaping that this technology does to us is anything but subtle. Right. Um, you know, it says in that statement that 
um, these tools are designed and they shape us in subtle yet meaningful ways. I think the influence that technology's had on us as a whole has been dramatic. I don't know what they're thinking in subtle, I guess. I'm not sure. I mean, technology has completely engulfed every aspect of our life. It's, yeah, it's been definitely not subtle. <laughs> extreme in its shaping of our society. Um, yeah. And again, all of this, and we haven't even implanted the computer into your brain yet, right? That's right around the corner. So, um, wow. you know, as we talked about in that Neuralink, or even last week, maybe it was when we discussed, uh, you know, if you think you know God now, wait until Yuval Harari um, has the AI Bible that's created just uploaded to your brain and, you know, then you'll really know God, the God made in man's image. Then you'll have all access to correct religion. Well, if we can like download information, we can download the Bible. Wouldn't that be weird just to have it in our mind and we can just rattle off verses, you know, like Scott? <laughs> no, I think that's a super big perversion because there's actually, it already exists. We may have even mentioned it on here before. Apparently there's like AI, you know, like chat GPT type stuff where they've, um, they've done that with like the King James Bible and stuff. So you can go and interact with the King James Bible now and the AI that's designed around the King James will speak to you or answer you from the King James Bible. You know, so if you have a question about a verse or what does it mean, it can tell you what it means. And boy, oh, does that sound commentary. dangerous, right? On who's going to tell you what this passage um, means. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's chat GPT, right? Oh, or whatever the program happens to be. I heard yesterday, I saw an article. Apparently there's like a AI platform or something where it's 24-7 Jesus preaching. So you can like log into there at any point and hear Jesus preaching to you. Hmm? What is he preaching from? Like, what? how perverse is that, right? Um, you thought the chosen was bad and that was going to lead people astray. Is it like that Sarah Young book? No, I mean, the it's Jesus just like, calling, uh, because like... what the AI is doing is it's just basically taking all of scripture and it's just, you know, Reading pulling it? from, no, it's just pulling from the ideas in scripture and oh. developing sermons for Christ to preach to you, I guess. Oh, weird. Um, okay. You know, so super creepy, but... You know, in regards to this technology, right, that we're talking about, this whereas thing, um, you know, it says in here that we bear the moral responsibility for their development and use in this point number two. And um, yeah, of course, we bear the responsibility, you know, just like when you use the Internet um, and you use it for a sinful purpose, right? That's not the Internet's fault. <laughs> it's your fault. And you're going to bear the weight of that sin. You know, God's not throwing the Internet in hell for porn. <laughs> He's going to throw you in hell for a life of unrepentant sexual immorality and lust, right? Um, so we do have a responsibility for using this technology. Um, but I'm not sure if the SBC is aware, or even if you're aware, uh, the way technology is developed today. There seems to be a lot more wicked people developing technology than there is godly people developing technology today. So um, it's developed in ways to basically play on our more baser, you know, human instincts. I don't think uh, this technology would even be created if it was in the right hands. I don't see any. No, I've heard somebody say, and I probably agree with it. They're like, you know, AI in the way it's being developed isn't something that's going to, um, you know, 
destroy our culture. It's the byproduct of a destroyed culture, basically. Um, yeah. You know, a rotten culture already is what produces this. So, yes, if a more godly culture, and, a, you know, I would probably agree with that, you know, but hey, we can always hope that the computer brain interface, that's what turns us all around. Maybe the people developing the computer brain interface, they'll be the ones that are morally superior to the rest of us and keep this on the straight and narrow. Uh, uh. They won't be like the guys who built Ocean Gate, cut every corner to save a buck. Uh, so w- let's continue on, though. Uh, the next whereas statement. It says, whereas the fall has adversely affected every aspect of creation, including the development and use of these powerful innovations. Yeah, uh, that seems pretty cut and dry. Um, Not really much to say about that one. Don't have any uh, disagreements there. The fall has perverted everything and everyone. I think that's well known. All right, let's keep moving then. Point number four. AI raises deep, crucial questions that challenge society's false assumptions about what it means to be human, which are often rooted merely in human capacities rather than in divinely granted ontological status. Is that how you say that? It is. And first, you are supposed to read the whereas. This is like Jeopardy. Oh, I did it? Sorry. People have no idea what's going on unless you read that I'm just kidding. Um, No, so ontological, you know, that just is kind of, it means our being or our existence, right? So the status of our existence. Um, Now, I wonder if they're going to go and clear up as we read through this document what these false assumptions are about what it means to be human, Um, because AI does raise very deep questions about what it means. to for to be a human and our humanity and all these sorts of things. And that's basically what our main point was in even discussing Neuralink and all these sorts of things and why we believe it needs to be addressed by the church and like not if the you Vatican. can contribute to the good of society or if you're just taking up space. Because well, we know I mean, that. first, yeah, I mean, definitely that's gonna be like we even said with the Neuralink, right? If you don't have a Neuralink, then what good are you? Right. You know you're almost useless at that point. But even broad, you know, bigger than that, when you go down this AI path and computer brain interfaces, or even, you know, to the extreme of, um, you know, almost like cyborgs in this, you know, in a sense, right? Like, at what point do you lose your image of God, right? That Imago day, they talk about, you know, when you're living in this AI Neuralink world, when does that, go away um is it our bodies that make us human is it our consciousness that makes us human is it some mixture of that Mm -hmm. you know or that's you know can you dilute the mixture so much that now you lose your image of god and you know that i think is the stuff that needs to be addressed right um how far is too far like we said before yeah it all you know everyone seems to be on board that like a knee replacement makes sense it seems fine does getting a computer chip in your brain um seem fine or is that a bridge too far uh Uh, i don't know i just don't think i was just pondering it like how can we lose the image of god like just thinking about okay sin tainted the whole world corrupted the whole world 
you know, we were made in God's image, we were good, and then sin corrupted. Like, is there something worse than just sin, like, that's going to cause us to lose the image of God? And all that I can think of is just like the mark of the beast and, you know, worshiping his image. And um, so just the word image there. Um, yeah. And I don't just to know do like a I word study. mean like losing our image of God, but is to the point where you've gone down this AI, you know, type of road, cyborg road far enough to where, you know, maybe you've reached the point of, you know, being beyond repentance, right? The Bible does speak on sins that, you know, you can't come back from, sins that lead to death. And, um, you know, just if you live like the altered carbon life, right, they somehow upload your brain to the cloud and just put you into a different body. Are you still the image of God? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Again, I'm not saying I have the correct answer, um, but I do think it needs to be discussed because we're getting very close to that. I mean, if Satan hates that we're in, we are the image of God, would that be something he would care to do is to change us? I don't know. It's kind of a weird like thought that's out there. Well, because like, one of the things even... that these guys are pushing for, the Yaval Hararis, and again, we can poo-poo it all we want, but this is truly what they believe, is this is a race for immortality. You know, yeah. that you're able to, you know, start by uploading your consciousness and then you're able to, you know, as Neuralink talked about, it's able to alleviate all the suffering in the world and uh, all these sorts of things. That's what they're going for. So if you're chasing the road of immortality, mm-hmm. I mean... Are you still a child of God, still, you know, in right standing? Well, it's kind of like showing you love this life more. Like you don't, maybe you, you don't believe in e- eternity. You only, you know, you think this is the only life. So you're going to want to hold on to it. It just shows you love this life more than God, if you even believe in God. Um, yeah. Well, and again, that's why I think this is a necessary discussion because, you know, even people in the church today, right? They need get hip replacements, knee replacements. They get a stint put in their heart, whatever it happens to be, and we're all okay with it, you know. But what happens when they come and they say they got a Neuralink installed? Are we still all okay with it? Well, that's uh, controlling you know? your mind. Like, mind is a completely different thing. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Knee. Is the mind too far? Is that where we say yeah. you can't cross that bridge? Again, this is why I think it's a necessary discussion for the church to have. And my hope is that with this sort of the SBC taking the lead on this, it is the largest denomination in the country that hopefully they can shed some light on this and hopefully they can encourage other churches to really begin looking into this. Um, You know, because again, we need to come up with some sort of stance on this before it's too far gone. They're Mm -hmm. already doing human trials on Neuralink. Yeah. You know, how many, I would assume probably not many years down the road before there's people walking around with this. And... You know, there's going to be people in your church who've been suffering from ailments that Neuralink promises they can take care of. Are you going to have an answer for them? It is crazy how quickly technology has advanced in just like 30 years. Like, this isn't far down the road. Like, this is No, this is really right around like... the corner. So how do you have that discussion, right? We talked about knee replacement. We're all okay with. We read the article last year about the guy who um, went and got a pig's heart put into his chest 
to keep him alive a little bit longer. Is getting a pig's heart acceptable? Is that not a bridge too far? Now you're getting a Neuralink, you know, computer brain interfaces. Um, is that a bridge too far, right? Like, we got to start having these discussions here and Christians need to start uh, getting serious about this sort of stuff and not just being like, well, I don't understand technology. I don't know. It's confusing. Well, what about for the people who are, <laughs> it could be good, okay, just thinking, if you can like correct people's minds what about all the people who are in their mind they're the opposite gender well, let's just correct that that's like maybe the good thing about it like if they could well right but then that and again this is the whole problem with ai because ai is a computer program who's programming it and the people who are programming it are the people who can't tell you what a, a man or a woman is the same right people programming it are the ones that are telling you there's a hundred different genders and the ones that are making excuses for pedophiles. And that's who these people are. Right. They're the people who don't believe in God. They want to create the AI Bible. So yeah, it'd be great if we could correct deficiencies, but the people that are making AI are the deficient ones. Well, isn't like so, the beast, like the mark of the beast, I know I keep going down this, it, all who take the mark, kook. aren't they like he causes them to worship him? Would this be like the way they're caused to do it i mean or am i wrong be. maybe it doesn't say i mean it causes them to take a mark yeah i don't worship well i, I don't know. think it yeah i don't know what it says verbatim but i don't think it's something that causes them i mean they all take it they're not forced or you'll be beheaded you'll i mean be i could definitely see a state it. where you willingly take the mark or the computer brain interface and then they cause you to do whatever because you know, you made the decision already to sign on with the beast. Unless you can, like, <laughs> cut it out. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't think you can. There's all those, like, little tiny things that are smaller than a than hair, than human hair. Oh, I think people, I mean, again, we joked about what go, you know, what happens when the Neuralink goes wrong and you get that, you know, electronic resonance humming. I mean, you could see situations where people are, you can to dig it out of their it. brain. I like mean, you can hear your computer when it's running. Like it's in your head. You're not going to feel it at least. You can't hear my computer because I built it. It's top of the line. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, yeah. I All sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but again, we've got to talk about it's it. It's weird talking about it. I feel like we're recording for like a sci-fi movie. Like we're discussing a movie. No, this we is live life. in a sci-fi world. I mean, again... You know, you talk about sci-fi. It's like, what are they even going to write now that's crazier than what we're living in? Um, people so again, love sci-fi, though. Like we this can't sleep gets on this. people really excited. Well, because they've watched the crazy movies and they see maybe how it could be good. I don't know. I haven't watched sci-fi in a while. but It's not going to be good. <laughs> um, all of human existence tells us it won't be good. Um, Right, because, yeah, well, whatever. We'll keep moving along. We could talk about this forever. I know we need to get through we'll the whereas. So, whereas number five. Do you want to read this one? Whereas AI and other emerging technologies afford us unprecedented opportunities for advancement across industries and throughout our societies, but may also have dangerous and dehumanizing outcomes if not utilized with godly wisdom and discernment. Yeah. Uh, I would say dehumanizing, certainly. 
because the technology that's coming out now, again, that they're talking about, they're looking to correct humanity. They're going to fix humanity is what their goal is. You know, we discussed the, um, the technology called CRISPR a few weeks ago. It's that gene editing solution, right? Like, so how much more dehumanizing can you get than like when you become a teen and your parents tell you that, no, honey, we created you a la carte style in a California lab, right? You know, you're nothing special. We just picked all your parts and features off of a takeout menu. So it's like we chose your gender and we didn't choose wrong. So you can't say you're the opposite gender. Like, come on, we paid for your gender. So the government can't come after us and tell us that we can't argue with you if you say you're the opposite. Well, I'd be curious, right? When you go to the CRISPR a la carte takeout menu, how many genders are you afforded the option to pick from? Exactly. There you go. I want my <laughs> kid to be fae gendered. I want them to be a fairy. And they're like, look, we all, we get what you're saying, right? Man or woman. I mean, let's be real here, right? So, uh, but I mean, that's yeah. going to be the discussion, right? Look at honey. You're nothing special. Uh, we selected everything about you. Um, and then listen, as soon as your brain develops just a little bit more, we're going to shove a computer chip in there or else you'll just be too stupid for society. We love you. Um, it's completely dehumanizing. They're going to get to do that to their kids when they're young. I mean, they're not even, the kids aren't even going to get a choice. Like when I sit down to play a video game and I create a character, I don't feel emotional attachment to the character because I made his hair red and <laughs> gave him a mohawk or whatever, right? Like I'm just creating something and that's essentially what humans are going to be just you know, what, pick the perfect it's gonna kind be of the human equi- that They're going to do right? it on a computer like that. And they'll be like, or those weird things you do where you have like, you have, you know, what would our kid look like if we, you know, had a baby? Did you ever do one of those? I never did one, but I've seen them. I'm a man. I did and not. And then they, <laughs> no. nobody took your picture, I mean, and tried to see what their kid would look like. I had to tell my son today, I came downstairs and you like opened the pineapple juice for him. Oh, I did. And I left, yeah. and I was like, Kobe. You never allow a woman to open something for you like that. I was like, men are the ones who open things. He's like, well, I didn't even ask her. I was like, you don't ever do that. He so, had loosened it and he didn't realize it. And I went over and just opened it so that, easy. But, and he was like. <sighs> but, you know, just on the whole dehumanizing aspect of this, right? Like we mentioned that, you know, the tech that we're discussing now, the AI, the computer brain interfaces, none of these people seem to have any sort of interest in God um, at all. So where are they going to get this godly wisdom or godly discernment in how to handle this? Um, because this matters. You know, we're not talking about technology like Henry Ford developing the assembly line. It doesn't really matter if you're an atheist and you develop the assembly line. Good for you. We've all benefited, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is godless people that are looking to transform human existence. They don't care about about God and no, they the think they are gods, right? That's what right. pride is. You, um, What was that proverb? The proud in heart make themselves false gods or whatever. Um, Proverbs 16, or no, it's Ezekiel 28 too, maybe. Don't quote me on that. Ezekiel um, or Proverbs? It's Ezekiel. All right, fine. I'll find it. <laughs> um, if you guys give me just a second. Ezekiel 28 2. Um, yeah, it says, uh, 
Oh, I see it. It says down here at the bottom, yet you are a man, not God, although you make your heart like the heart of a God. Mm. Do not question me on my Ezekiel knowledge. You said Proverbs. I just read it this week. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but no. So, I mean, these people that are developing this technology to transform human existence have no belief in God. They think they are gods. They're going to remake man in their image. And that should terrify us. It should give us great pause um, before we just run headlong down this technological, you know, road that we're on and stop and be like, what's the end goal of this here? And like, how does this transform my life, my faith in God, my trust yeah. in God first and foremost? Because um, again, Neuralink is going to fix all the problems that God couldn't fix for you. Doesn't yeah, that they sound come in great? and yeah, they want to be God. They want to be uh, worshipped as God. Nothing new. That's the heart of man. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. So we got just, uh, what, four more whereas statements here. It says, whereas technologies are often developed and deployed merely to maximize profit, efficiency, and productivity, including at the grave cost of the dignity of our fellow image bearers. Uh, yeah, that's what it's definitely devolved into because we're sinful, right? Um, so just wait until you get to the point now. It's one thing when you can't afford a nice car and you're driving the, you know, a beat up old, you know, car down the road, but wait until you can't afford an authentic Neuralink. So you buy the cheap AliExpress version of Neuralink. Mm. The wires aren't connected properly, right? You have that electronic resonance in your brain. Your lithium battery starts to drain. The wireless charger stops working on your knockoff. Um, or what if you, again, you can't afford the authentic CRISPR gene editing solution, so you go and buy the cheap Amazon version, right? So instead of, you know, you think you're going to have your kid come out looking like Arnold from the 1970s, but instead your kid comes out looking like, hey, Arnold from the 90s because <laughs> you bought the Amazon version, right? Um. What are you going to think about that then? You got your little football-shaped head kid. Um, think how dignified you're going to feel then. Um, probably not very dignified. Then you really can blame your parents for a lot of your problems. <laughs> yeah, you got your football-shaped head. You're supposed to look like uh, Hercules in New York. Doesn't always work that way when you can't afford it. So weird. Now, you can always be of the mindset of like, don't you worry. Old Uncle Sam, the government will take care of this because they'll have the regulations under control. It's not like there's anything from the recent past, uh, you know, that would give us pause to mm. make us question our government's own ability to regulate mm -hmm. the medical or scientific community. Nothing like that at all comes to mind, right? We can trust mm. in their ability to regulate effectively. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. Um, and, you know, you don't have to worry about the godless, soulless, greedy corporations, the power-hungry politicians that'll look to exploit this, um, take advantage of us for our own gain. None of that'll happen with AI, computer brain interfaces, Trust. right? Um, so <sighs> you just feel confident that the dignity of God's image bearers will be at the forefront of their minds with every decision that they make. Don't you worry. We are their number one concern, not their profits not their power. All right, do you want to read number seven? 
Whereas these emerging technologies will increasingly perform tasks once reserved for humanity and even surpass human ability in particular ways. Well, technology already does that. Right. I was like, it's not going to surpass us in particular ways. It's going to surpass us in every way, <laughs> right? I mean, um, at least in every way that matters. Yeah. I mean, we already have machines. Like, we had machines for how long? You know, in strength, you know? Yeah. Think how many times you've sneered at your parents when you're like, oh, I'm going on a road trip. And they're like, don't forget your Atlas. And you're like, oh, give me a break. I have my phone. I don't right. need an Atlas or even a memory. Right. I'm terrified of my kids learning to drive because they have no ability to even realize where we are when we're like a quarter mile from our house because they don't ever look outside. Right. They don't have no idea. So, well, you know what? When they're in the car, they do read books. It's not that they're looking at a phone. Maybe when we go on a long trip, but yes, we're good parents. At least they're bringing a book. They're not looking at a screen or they're arguing. That takes up a lot of time in the car ride. Um, yeah. Well, the girls don't read because they get car sick. Yeah. They just look out the window or I don't know. <laughs> but no, like you could see, I mean, technology is already, you know, again, I mean, the, even the thoughts of like, how often do you go to somebody for advice or question? I mean, how many times does somebody ask you a question? You're like, I don't know, Google it. Right. right? Like, People get care. irritated when you ask a question to a human being already. They're like, yeah, you got a why would you? Pocket. You're so lazy. Why don't you just Google it? Gosh, you just want attention. So you're coming on here and asking people for advice. Like, so think about that today. Yeah. But then how are you going to compete in a world where everybody else has their brains connected directly to the internet on like 7G Wi-Fi, right? Then they're going to be having gene editing to make them into universal soldiers (laughs) looking like Dolph Lundgren. Um, And what are you going to do? Like, oh, I got to go to the library and pick up a Microsoft Word for dummies so I can get a job. Nobody's hiring you, right? Like, they've exceeded you in every way. Um, you know, good luck applying for a job and putting down, I'm good at Microsoft Office. Nobody cares, dude. I'm going to upload Microsoft Office to your brain. Uh, so it doesn't make a difference to me, right? Uh, and I know I'm being a bit of a downer here, reading through these whereas statements, um, but you're just I being hope, real. <laughs> well, and I hope that these statements, as we read through them, and hopefully this resolution gets out there, that it's going to push people um, to start thinking more about this. Because I'm afraid that people who just accept technology without really, lo- you know, looking into it, I mean, think how many people we all complain about it. The parents that just sit their kids in front of the TV and give them phones and tablets and free access to the internet. And they don't really restrict it. They're just not thinking through the dangers of what comes along with that technology and how many of those people, unless they're warned and told about it. Um, and when they see that this is going to be a huge benefit to them in a you know, materialistic world to have this ability mm-hmm. are just going to go, well, it's good for me. I mean, again, our recent past tells us that people can be convinced of this stuff very easily. Right. Um, right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're going to come down. Oh, you want to keep your job, right? You want to provide for your family. You better get on board. You know, I mean, how many people will fall for that if there's nobody there telling them the other side of it? Um, because it's already, you know, in many parts of this country, we know of the prosperity gospel and all these sorts of things where they think it's 
God's designed for them to be prosperous and successful in everything they do. Well, you um, won't be if you don't get this chip in your head, so... Right, and this is just the next level of yeah. you being prosperous and whatever it happens to be. Um, so they could assume that this is maybe from God. Again, we have a recent past where people tell you this is salvation from God, right? We've seen that from so-called Christian leaders in the recent past. Well, we know the things of the world are not from God. God can use them, but we can't just say every everything that pleases the flesh and the eyes, you know, just all that is is not from God. Um, he doesn't give as the world gives. That's what scripture says. No. And that's again, you know, and maybe you're the kind of person that you think, no, this is all good, right? This is from God. And maybe there is no theoretical end to man's flourishing. You know, all good things come from God. If a brain computer interface is good, then it's from God, whatever it happens to be. Um, We'd like to hear, and you have a voice in the discussion. You should have a voice in the discussion because I'm not making any sort of definitive claim on what's too far and what's good, what's bad. I mean, I have my own feelings on this, and this one seems horrifyingly bad, but we need to be discussing this. Um, We need to be getting with church leaders and smart, godly people to hash these things out so that we're not caught off guard. So, Because what if these people, like, I just don't know what... (laughs) It's capable of once someone has a chip and they're just in in church or whatever. And I don't know, just the weird things that can go on or I know our phones listen to us already, but everything can just instantly be uploaded. You don't know what person out in public has it and just things being picked up and received and being sent to whoever. Yeah, God will just download his prophecies into your brain. You can, <gasps> I've received a word from the Lord, You're my like, Neuralink. Yeah, just weird, know. weird stuff. We'll be like, shut up. We don't want to hear you. Just Bluetooth me the word from the Lord. We're going to be like people with this chip. I don't know if they're going to be causing crazy things in the church. That's what I mean. Like what kind of things are going to be put in their mind and they're going to be causing division did everybody get be... the notes that I downloaded to your brain this week? The outline for the message. I didn't get them, Pastor. They're like, oh, geez. Okay. I got disconnected for a second. I don't know. It's I don't know. Weird. Craziness, right? Um, so whereas statement number eight here, it says, whereas the Baptist faith and message states that all Christians are under obligation to seek to make the will of Christ supreme in our own lives and in human society, and that we should seek to bring industry, government, and society as a whole under the sway of the principles, righteousness, truth, and brotherly love. This doesn't even have to do with technology, but the SBC had better settle themselves down with this sort of rhetoric. They might catch the label of Christian nationalist here with this sort of talk of bringing industry and governments into principles of righteousness. Don't you know from the Christian nationalist speaks that Christians are supposed to be perfectly comfortable with letting God-hating perverts um, rule over them because love is love, as uh, our former vice president, Mike Pence, so kindly told us when he said, love is love and live and let live, right? Um, You start talking about bringing governments and that sort of stuff under the rules and principles of the Bible. (laughs) Even Christians get touchy. With I that was actually sort of talk. thinking. I think it just yesterday, the day before, I was thinking of live and let live for some reason. And to the Christian, like 
if you say live and let live, like that doesn't make any sense. It's it's like live and let die. Nobody's living if you're not calling out sin. If you're not sharing the gospel, you can't you can't be a Christian and say live and let live. There is nothing American Christians hate more than you telling them that you're supposed to point out sin and steer fellow Christians away from it. They do not take to that too kindly. I know. Whatever his faith is, he's like, my faith teaches me to live and let live. I'm like, show I feel us like what his scripture says is, that. He's a political Christian, like so many of them are. Um, yeah. Christian faith helps me in my politics rather than well, my Christian faith when guiding people say my politics. It, right. Because when people say my faith, we never say things like that. Like my faith, like it's personal. It's what I've made up. It's no scripture says, God says, like, don't go down the road, say my faith teaches. I don't know what your faith is. Where does it come from? Be specific. Yeah, very bizarre. But they better tone down with that Christian nationalist rhetoric there from the SBC. <laughs> You're supposed to be perfectly accepting of godless, pervert, god-haters, ruling over every aspect of your life. That's the Christian thing to do. Um, <laughs> anyways, that was just a side note there. I'm sure they made that one. They let it slide. Got in here by mistake. Do so you want to read this last <laughs> whereas statement? Whereas the... 2019 Evangelical Statement of Principles on AI, led by our own Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, states that Christians are called to engage the world around us with the unchanging gospel message of hope and reconciliation, and that the church has a unique role in proclaiming human dignity for all and calling for the humane use of AI in all aspects of society. Now, therefore, be it. Is that just a cut No, off? we're going to go into the oh. result here. So that was the last whereas. So apparently they've been discussing this since 2019. I'll have that article, their evangelical statement of principles on AI. I'll have that linked in the show notes if you want to go give that a read. Um, but that's wow. good. They've been discussing this for a little while now. Um, but this is the first that we've heard of it. Again, we're not Southern Baptists, so we aren't always up to date on everything they're doing. Uh but that's great to hear. Um, so go give that a, a read if you're interested in that. So that's the whereas statements. That's just them sort of bloviating about life and technology in our modern, you know, 21st century society. So now they're about to get into the meat, right? The resolve. What do they resolve to do about this? And boy, am I excited to read what they're resolved to do. So let's start getting into these so we don't drag this episode on okay. for three hours. It says, resolved, this is the first one, there's, I think, seven, resolved that the messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention meeting in New Orleans, Louisiana, June 13th to 14th, 2023, acknowledge the powerful nature of AI and other emerging technologies desiring to engage them from a place of estecological hope rather than uncritical embrace or fearful rejection. Okay. Yep. That's what we hoped you were going to do. Uh, That's so a weird statement. They're just like, here we go, boys. We are about to get in to this. No uncritical embrace here. We're diving into it. So let's see what they dive into. Let's get to the meat here, honey. Do you want to read resolve number two? 
and be it further resolved that we affirm that God's unchanging word is more than sufficient for whatever ethical challenges, questions, and opportunities we may face today or in the future as these technologies continue to be developed and deployed in our communities. All right. (laughs) Absolutely, right? Let us know what God's word has to say on the AI dilemma. That's what we're here for. And that's what we're reading through this document for. Find out what God's word says on this dilemma that we're facing. So I bet point number three really gets down to the brass tacks here. Let's see what point number three has to say. Resolved that we state unequivocally that our intrinsic value is as image bearers, not rooted in what we do or contribute to society, and that human dignity must be central to any ethical principles, guidelines, or regulations for any and all uses of these powerful emerging technologies. Yep, we don't disagree with that, right? We are image bearers of God, um, and that's where we get our value from, right? That's where we get our human dignity from. Uh, so, again, the question we keep asking is... What are is, we doing? Well, how, how do we handle AI as Christians? Um, that's what we're here for. What are we doing? So I'm sure it's right on the tip of their pen as they're writing this resolution out. They're just about to get to it. What do we do? Let's see what point number four here I think this is. This is probably where they solve it. Okay. And be it further resolved, we must proactively engage and shape these emerging technologies rather than simply respond to the challenges of AI and other emerging technologies after they have already affected our churches and communities. How do we engage? (laughs) Yeah, I think we keep asking that question, right? Uh, We just talked about that a few weeks ago. Again, Neuralink, we've been on this topic for a couple weeks now. That's what we're here to find, some strong, biblical, proactive engagement on this topic. SBCs, where some really smart, thoughtful, critically-minded Christians are, that's what we're here to find. Um, so that's, Like, we're going to attack the enemy, um, but no direction how, what's coming. You know, just like... Like, listen, guys, we need to be proactive. I mean, listen, this is... What we're saying, the Religionless Christianity Podcast, not the Southern Baptist Convention, we're saying, hey, we should be proactive about this. Is there anybody out there being proactive? The SBC is like, we're here to be proactive. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get proactive. Like, that's what we just said. <laughs> Tell us what that means. How do we be proactive? What do, you, what do we do? Yeah. All right. I'm sure it's in their very next point, though. They're just setting the table for us, right? Let's see what this very next point is. Resolve that we call upon civic, industry, and government leaders to develop, maintain, regulate, and use these technologies with the utmost care and discernment, upholding the unique nature of humanity as the crowning achievement of God's creation. Right. (laughs) So how are they going to, you know... This is kind of like where we proactive with other things in the recent past holding people to this standard and do they really care what we had to say? Or do they even know, right? Like how are these godless, you know, self-appointed false idols, you know, they're gods in their own mind. How are they going to know how to use these technologies while upholding our unique nature if the church doesn't tell them what our unique nature is? 
like the SBC telling them exactly what our unique nature is, right? Because they don't believe in God, so they need some help here. So Their definition of human in life is different than ours. So the SBC here should, we would assume, be telling them what our unique nature is and how they uphold it. But they seem to be doing what we're doing, is just going, somebody better be there making sure these technology companies know about our unique nature. We're like, yeah, what is that? It's in the Bible. Like, okay, but where? Tell us, help us. Uh, maybe point number six. Let's see. And be it further resolved that we encourage all who employ these tools to do so in honest, transparent, and Christ-like ways that focus on loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves never seeking to willfully deceive others or take advantage of them for unjust gain or the accumulation of power. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to the end here. Uh, like, sure, we implore them yeah. to be honest and Christ-like as well. Uh, but again, how do they do that? What does that mean, right? Well, what did they do just a couple years ago under the phrase, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Were they being <laughs> very Christ-like? Um, because who's there telling them what that means? A bunch of atheists telling them what love, you know. Yeah, we have a bunch of atheists. Love means love, live and let live. Us. Right. Um, but so who's going to tell them? If not the SBC, is it us? Am I supposed to go to them? The Religionless Christianity Podcast? I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> please share this episode. Uh, we'd love to have the ear of these governments. Um, yet this, you know, honestly, it sounds like a lot of Mike Pence going around. Yeah. You know, we need to make sure they know how to love their neighbor as themselves. What? Right? Like, um, because what if they themselves are Yuval Harari and they want to upload their mind to the cloud and live in RoboCop's body? Well, loving their neighbor is encouraging you to do the same. Right. Because they think that's great. Uh, so if nobody there is there like the church telling them what this means, then they're just going to assume they have everyone's best interest in mind. Um, you know, it's like trying to figure out what a woman is, right? If there's no <laughs> one there to actually tell them what that means, and they're just going to make up whatever they need to make exactly. up. Exactly. It's going to go um, in circles like that. So also he says in this statement here, um, never deceiving or taking advantage. Right. We can trust them not to do that. <laughs> yeah, like, if you haven't looked at our corporatocracy lately or the political class lately, if they didn't deceive us and take advantage of us, they wouldn't do anything. This whole AI thing is deception and taking advantage of us, though. Like, you can't distrust evil people. All right. I'll, you know, it's, they've already fooled you once. So shame on you because they're going to fool you twice. Well, obviously more than two times already, but it's like, all right, let's, let's trust them again. But in this area, this new thing, now we can trust them. Yeah. No way they'll trick me with that brain chip and, you know, installed in my, uh, in my skull there. Yeah. Like they will deceive you. They will take advantage of you. That's baked into the cake already. Um, first off, because they're sinners, and as we all are, and that's just who we are by nature. 
But again, if there's no church, no Christ-like members telling them, or at least telling the body of Christ how to deal with this effectively, then we're just being propagandized by deceivers and people that are looking to take advantage of us for their own gain. So, yeah. Um, yep. So still no meat, still looking for the meat. Maybe the final point here, they were just saving it all for the end, the big buildup at the end. <laughs> so let's see what this final point is here. And be it finally resolved that we confess that God alone has the power to create life, that God in his own time and in his own way will bring the world to its appropriate end, and that no innovation or emerging technology will ever be able to usurp the sovereignty and power of God. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. true Christians believe that. But this is exactly what the Antichrist plans to do to lead others away from worshiping God. So if this all does happen, um, we can assume it's all part of the plan. God already said what would happen in the end anyway. We all, we all believe that. It's like not a surprise. That's why when we're looking at all this, we're like, well, maybe this is part of Scripture being fulfilled. Like we're not fearful, but at the same time, we don't want others to be deceived right because so. yeah we're like yeah we're in agreement there right uh god will bring the world to its appropriate end you know no innovation will usurp god well is this a technology that's looking to usurp god that's the question we're asking here yeah <laughs> you don't just go listen nothing will and like yeah so then you're saying this one isn't well, i didn't say that yeah hold on like well what are you saying because that's what we need to know here so yeah, this is something that is very likely going to exalt itself above God. And people are like going to worship. People love science, although they're, you know, science nowadays isn't science because you can't question it. And, um, but yeah, people will worship it. Again, they so will. that's why we need the church to tell us if that's appropriate or not. I mean, obviously, worshiping false idols, which, AI is a false idol and will be an antichrist. Like, why not just come out and say it instead of being so vague? Just remind you guys, God is, or just just say the things we're already talking about. Yeah, so... This is very likely, yes, end times. This whole thing was a um, gigantic letdown for me. <laughs> Sorry to drag you guys all the way through it. Um, you know... And I mean, you know, sure, you could be like, all right, so how do we implement this in our own lives? Um, and maybe best case, right, they're just laying a foundation for what they're going to go and do in the future, because this is all new for everybody. Um, but, you know, there wasn't really anything actionable in there that right. Christians or even members of the SBC can sort of put into their lives, which is disappointing. I was hoping that there would have been. Um, you know, love your neighbors yourself is not actionable in any way, especially as it's been perverted in our society. Right. You know, hey, God creates life. And you're like, sure, but can I get a pig's heart? Is that a bridge too far, right? Can I get a neural link? That's what I have questions about. Ah, God created life and everything. What could go wrong? Okay, but let's talk about some specifics here. So um, again, I have to say this, as much as I was excited to see that they did this, very disappointing, I think, as far as what the resolution turned out to be. 
Uh, yeah. I think it's like politics. It takes really smart people to say this much without actually saying anything. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. Um, so basically, the takeaway from the SI, or from the SPC's resolution is that AI is a thing. They better do it right because of God. I don't know how that's helpful. But again, best case, this is just a framework. Just Maybe. putting it out there, letting, you know, Maybe just making people aware of it um, before they really start. You know, that's what I'm hoping that this is the foundation. They're for talking them to build about on. it. Yeah, they're not bringing it up and putting it in here if they don't have a plan. You know, why would they bother? Well, who why? knows? Why? Yeah, I don't really. know why. But so I'm hopeful that this is something that begins to be more talked about. Um, again, I was wishing that they would have said something a bit stronger here. Um, but again, maybe they'll clarify this later. So why is this important to Christians? Again, for the same reasons that we mentioned a few weeks ago. You know, we can't run from this world that we're about to enter into this Neuralink world, this AI-generated world. You know, you can't just stick our heads in the sand and hope that it's going to go away because um, it's not going to. And, you know, depending on your age, you know, if you're in your late 60s or whatever, you might say, ah, I'm old, right? I can just ride it out. It doesn't matter for me anymore. I don't get technology anyways. Um, but I would say that's selfish to have that mentality. You shouldn't have that mentality. Um, because again, if you're going to apply a little bit of love for your neighbor here, um, your neighbors are going to be living in this and you should help them tackle these very difficult um, discussions, these very difficult topics. Like our kids are going to be growing up in this world um, your kids, if you have them, are going to be growing up in this world. This kind of computer brain interface world might become very co common. This CRISPR gene editing world, AI implementation in every facet of our life um, is going to be very probable, I would assume. So, mm -hmm. you know, even just as a side note, I wouldn't even be shocked if we were in a world very soon where we weren't even driving cars anymore. Everything was self-driving, electric vehicles, and that sort of thing. So. We need to be smart and we need godly people shepherding their flocks, what they should be doing, right, through this technological age, you know, and then just just being the kind of person that says, well, I'm too old, I don't understand it, so I'm just going to ignore it. I, I don't think that's the right mentality. Um, or, hey, it's difficult, it's a complicated issue, I don't really know. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Those are all cop-outs. Yep. Um, we need to be discussing this. Um, for the betterment of the body of Christ, we need to be discussing this. So what should we do about it? Um, again, I think we should bring this topic up to our churches. You know, if you're a member of a denomination or a presbytery type thing, bring these discussions up. See if you can get some conversation started on them. Um, look to start getting clarity on these topics. And again, not in a fearful way. And I may have come across as fearful. I'm not meaning to because I'm not overly fearful about it. I mean, I feel... Me and Nikki have a united front on this, so I'm not overly fearful, but I don't also want to be ignorant to the dangers that it may cause. Um, you know, so right. Christians aren't to live by fear, and the AI revolution is no different. We aren't to live by fear, um, but we aren't to be ignorant of it either, right? Because yeah. Christians aren't ignorant people. So, you know, if we're supposed to be people who train our children in the way they should go, what does training your child in the way they should go look like in this AI world? The way not to go. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to show them the right path as well as the wrong path. Yeah. And what is the right path in this AI world? That's important. Um, and then finally, how should we pray about it? You know, same as we said before, we should be praying that God would guide us in wisdom and faith, but then also that he'd be protecting us from fear. We don't want to give in to fear. Um, and we should pray also that godly men and women are placed in positions of authority and decision-making um, to help us handle these, you know, these decisions and this new world that we're getting ready to walk into. Um, you know, maybe less Mike Pence type Christians and more, um, I guess, bold Christians. There's not really a lot of bold Christians on the uh, the political scene right now, um, but just bold men and women, you know, that aren't afraid to say the hard thing, the you know, the hard truth, that sort of stuff. Um, we need some more political Christians that actually fear God and not just use God as, as an accessory mm -hmm. to kind of keep their own careers and their own jobs um, in place. So do you have any final thoughts here on AI revolution, the SPC resolution, um, the Vatican's Let's take? <laughs> save it for another um, episode. Of course, there's so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm say. sure we'll be discussing this topic again. I don't want to make this show all about AI. Uh, we've already discussed what we're going to talk about next week and take it away from the AI resolution into more practical day-to-day -day Christian living. Yeah. So um, if you're tired of the AI topic, we will spare you from it. Well, I can't promise that. Who knows? Maybe next week we'll have the first Neuralink death and we'll talk about it. But aside from that, we're going to try to get away from it for a time. But with that, we do want to end on one other good note that we saw from a denomination this week, and that's from the Presbyterian Church of the U or of America. So many Presbyterian churches who can keep track of them all. <laughs> um, but do you want to read this headline? PCA passes overture opposing sex change surgeries as sin to petition Biden admin. Thank you. Mm. All right, just these first couple paragraphs. The Presbyterian Church in America will petition the Biden administration and other government leaders in the United States to renounce the sin of performing sex change surgeries and hormonal gender interventions on minors. At the PCA 50th General Assembly last week in Memphis, Tennessee, the theologically conservative denomination passed an overture titled Petition Government to End Sex Change Procedures for Minors. The overture passed by a tally of 1,089,793. Introduced by the Birmingham, Alabama-based PCA Evangel Presbytery, the overture argued that so-called sex change procedures are a rejection of God's design and a rejection of science. The overture vows to send a humble petition to the U.S. government and all 50 state governments calling on elected officials to renounce the sin of all medical and surgical sex change procedures on minors by the American healthcare system because they result in irreversible harm. The obedience to God, which places us in subjection to your rightful civic author civil authority, requires of us to humbly, boldly, and prayerfully proclaim the counsel of God as it bears upon the same God-given authority, the overture reads. <laughs> First off... <laughs> Want to know how there were 793 who voted against this? They're like, hey, we want to warn the right. Biden admin of the sins of, you know, uh, 
same sex surgeries. And they're like, no, I don't know. Maybe we should give a little more discussion. What were you, how do you vote against that? I, I don't know. That's risky. They might be upset with us. Um, just interesting, but I love to see this. I love to see this and I want to see more of it. Um, mm -hmm. now this is a proactive thing. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a plan. <laughs> it's what we should be doing. Um, the religious, uh, members in the community are supposed to be the moral compass of this nation. Now we're not, you know, blind to think that this is actually going to amount to much. Um, but that doesn't matter. We need to warn people of the truth of their actions. Yeah. Um, President Biden, if we're going to judge a tree by the fruit, is not a Christian, uh, at least in our opinion. And therefore, he needs to be warned of the consequences of his action and his whole administration, you know. And the Bible's, you know, it's clear that even, you know, the whole world, uh, what is it, Acts 17, uh, 30? Let's see if I can pull it up here. Uh, Acts 17, 30. I mean, the commands to... Uh, adhere to God is not just for Christians. You know, therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring that men, or declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Uh, that's a command for all people, even non-Christians. They are commanded mm -hmm. to repent. Um, so I'm glad to see that the, the PCA is doing this. Um, we should all be doing this in our cities. If we have a platform, if we've got denominations of any note, we should be sending these out to the godless governors and the people that are leading our nation into sin and depravity. And I remember yeah. last year, John MacArthur um, did this when he wrote that uh, open letter to uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, right. telling him to repent for his sins. Yeah. Um, we as Christians should feel the onus of being the voice of truth and morality in this nation. Mm -hmm. You know, like Nikki was saying, kind of, it's my faith. And we've been led into this lie of kind of our faith is sort of a personal thing that we just keep to ourselves. No, Christians are supposed to be proclaiming the truth of God's word. Um, again, that's what brings the persecution because sinners don't like to hear that they're sinners. But I'm glad that the PCA did this um, because there's nowhere else that you can go to find truth and morality outside of God. That's the only place you can go for it. So if men of God aren't calling you to turn from your sin and explaining to you the truth, then where are you ever going to hear it from? That's the only place you get it from. So right. um, we just wanted to end on that. We wanted to give a kudos to the PCA. We're fans of the Presbyterian Church, though we aren't Presbyterian Presbyterians. Um, we've taken our kids to Westminster. Uh, it was a lovely church. They certainly enjoyed it. So kudos to the PCA. Keep doing it. Write more letters. Write it to your state government, your city government, the businesses in your community that are, you know, signing up for Pride Month, all these sorts of things. Do this. Let them know. Um, because we may assume that they all know. But, you know, I don't know if we can assume that necessarily. Not anymore, at least. So do you have any final thoughts, honey, on... Rick Warren, the SBC's AI resolution, the PCA, what they've done, any thoughts on anything of that nature? No. no. <laughs> I know you guys may be tired of hearing of the AI stuff. Um, 
but I just think it's so important. I mean, that's what's right on the horizon. Like we need to, we can't be looking behind us trying to clear up all the issues that happened year. Oh, we got to write the 2020 election again. No, that happened in the past. There's new things that we need to take care of. You know, you can't drive to California looking out the rear view mirror, right? Um, you got to be looking out of the windshield. And um, I think that's what AI is. So um, even if you're tired of hearing it, um, just give it one more hour and go listen to our sermon recommendation. Not really a sermon. It's more of a discussion on the John Anderson show. I don't know who John Anderson is, but it's an interview with John Lennox on artificial intelligence, man, and God, and great discussion. Uh, I'm not very familiar with John Lennox. Sounds like a super smart dude, a mathematician at some UK college, Cambridge, Oxford. I'm not sure. But he just, the way he discusses things and some of the points that he brings up, kind of to Nikki's point that like, you know, we're kind of led into this world where we think scientists, they're the smartest, they have all the answers for everything. And we've come and I think John Lennox makes this point. We're in a world now of scientism where mm-hmm. we've made scientists uh, science, a religion that we and worship now, and scientific theories are what people. Yeah, we're like they love. It's theories. the complete opposite of Christianity, where we're supposed to be, you know, questioning people. We're supposed to, you know, question, test everything against the Word of God. We're supposed to ask God, seek God for the truth. Whereas science nowadays says, trust the experts and don't ask any questions. Um, Especially when these political leaders and you know, scientists claim to be Christian, and then you're more apt to believe them. Oh, they would never lie. They're yes, they in this will. professional That's all they field, do. and they're a Christian. Even though it goes against Scripture, I'll believe them, their word over God's word. Like, we can't do that. No. So this uh, interview here is great. Even if you're like, if you don't know what AI is and these sorts of things, John Lennox really goes into some deep explanations about the differences between, you know, like he calls it narrow AI or general AI and these sorts of topics. And um, you might hear Hmm. different terms thrown around. And um, I'll include a link to his book in the show notes. Um, If you want to go pick it up, he wrote a book called 2084, sort of a 1984 type book for the AI future that we're about to walk into. Um, So if you, you know, been sleeping too easy at night and you think a few nightmares might just be the trick you need, Go read 2084 and uh, freak yourself out about what's coming. So, um, but that's all we got. Um, Like I said, next week, we'll try to get on a topic besides AI. And um, other than that, we're still finishing out the week here, or the month, uh, our pride month uh, with our daily devotionals, talking about about the sin of pride. I will be glad when that's over. I know. The gospel loop. But uh, come check those out. And then, yeah, we'll be back next Monday speaking about Christian life. (laughs) All right. Have a good rest of your week. God bless. God bless.